The UN says that humanity stands on the brink of catastrophic man-made climate change. But is it true? Not a chance. But we do stand on the brink of catastrophic government policies that threaten to ruin the nation our forefathers built and defended against tyranny. So what drives the climate scare, Jay? Besides simple ignorance, the scare is driven by corporate greed and the desire of governments to control all aspects of our lives, Tom. Is this part of something more sinister? Indeed it is. Whether it's climate change or a pandemic or socialism, it really means sacrificing your rights and accepting the tyranny of the fourth branch of government, the bureaucracy. It must be stopped. This is The Other Side of the Story with Dr. Jay Lair and Tom Harris of the International Climate Science Coalition. Hey Jay, at 85, you still have a pretty intense fitness routine. What is it all about? What do you do? Well, strangely enough, uh, I'm one of the early competitors in the Hawaiian Ironman uh, triathlon. And I started uh, training in 1981 and did every race in the in the 80s. And I just decided I was uh, used to a routine, which was two and a half every hours every day that I would just stay with it. And then I went without competing for quite a few years. And the funny thing happened, my son uh, decided he wanted to do an Ironman triathlon. And he said, Jay, how about racing with me? And I said, sure, I'll, uh, I'll get back to racing. And he, he said to me, well, how are you going to train? What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do exactly what I've been doing uh, every day uh, since 1981, which is two and a half hours of biking, swimming, weightlifting, stretching, running or race walking or uh, whatever. So I wouldn't know how not to do it. What's your story, Tom? I took after Gordie Howe. He was my favorite. Of course, I loved Gordie Howe when I was growing up. And he's always said in his book, Hockey Here's How, he said, <laughs> he said, the best way to get in shape is never to get out of shape. And that is the philosophy I always had. So when I transitioned from basketball, you know, because I played varsity ball and then city ball here in Ottawa, I transitioned to cross-country skiing and I went in a Canadian ski marathon a couple of times, did 30 miles each day for two days. I never did the 40 miles. Well, I was always an endurance athlete. I don't have a fast twitch uh, fiber in any of my muscles, but I can uh, go on forever. Our guest today is Greg Jasnikowski. He's based in Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. He's one of the nation's best fitness trainers. He was born in southwest Poland, and I'll ask him to pronounce the, uh, the name for that particular town. How do you pronounce that name? Bystra? <laughs> yeah, it's a small town on the Czech Republic border called Bystrzyca Kłodzka. Ah, okay. Wow. <laughs> there, we, there we go. And, uh, Greg, is now, <laughs> yeah. Greg is now a certified personal trainer. And is this right, Bre Greg? An MPE. Is that Mountaineering Performance Evolution Expert? No, MPE stands for National Performance Exercise Specialist. So that's my certification. One of many, which I hold, uh, including master's degree in physical education that I gained in Poland before my adventure to United States. All right. Well, Greg trains people from around the world in his Zoom classes that you can learn more about on 
bodybygreg.net. And we'll include that under the podcast when it goes to podcast on Monday. His professional goal is to reach people who don't have adequate knowledge about fitness, health, nutrition, or supplementation, and help them understand and apply science-based principles to improve their health, fitness, and quality of life. Greg is a founder of Innovative Fitness and Wellness Programs that can be implemented by any company that cares about their employees. And I have listed here, Greg, some of the areas that you're specialized in weight loss training, martial arts training, flexibility training, fitness boot camp. That sounds great. Sports specific <laughs> training. So yeah, this is something, boy, I got some good questions for you, Greg, because uh, as I get older, you know, I have to learn how to train differently. Over to you, Jay, you had some good questions for Greg. Uh, yeah, I, I do, Greg, but uh, meeting Greg uh, about a year ago as a personal trainer was a very exciting experience for me. And uh, Greg, you spent half your life in, in Poland, where you trained to be a fitness instructor. How different is Poland's attitude toward being fit than you have experienced in the United States? Hello, gentlemen. First of all, um, I would like to be Jay when I grow up. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with Tom, who says that's the best way not to get out of shape is to never get out of shape right my experience of fitness in poland was completely different from you what you might imagine living in the united states where you had unlimited access to basically anything your soul requires and and wants you have to realize that when i was uh, growing up i was living in the country that was um, led by the communist party <laughs> and you might imagine that everything in this system is kind of difficult to accomplish so sports were the only way to get outside the country and see different people and different countries that was the only way to travel so i was able to compete in a martial arts um, competitions in taekwondo which allowed me to travel which that's exactly what i always wanted to do and uh, led me all the way to united states where finally i was able to pursue my dreams and train how i wanted eat how i wanted sleep how i wanted uh, completely different two worlds um, however the desire was always the same when i started uh I really was heavily into fitness, uh, let's say at the age of 45, and I went to my college reunions. And by then, uh, at the age of 45, people were beginning to fall apart. And they looked at me as uh, some strange uh, animal when they found out how many hours a day I worked out. And uh, really, it wasn't until the Iron Man that people stopped looking at me weirdly because then I could say, oh, I'm doing all this to compete in the Ironman triathlon in Hawaii. Actually, it really didn't matter to me. I didn't care about competition. I know you think it's important. For me, I just uh, like the process of working out. But uh, now, you know, there appears to be a fitness or health club uh, almost on the corner of uh, every street. In your opinion, has the proliferation of these businesses dramatically increase the number of our population who are exercising? 
Yes, you would you would uh, consider that uh, that with so many fitness gyms and clubs and yoga classes available everywhere, the, our society would become much healthier than it is, and much much more fit and much much more happy than it is. However, there is more to the fitness and wellness that just going to the workout on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And even um, if you like it, as you mentioned this for you, it was the pleasure of, 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 the, of enjoying the process, rather the outcome of winning the competition. You know, most people associate exercise with competition, with being on the team. It starts in a school system where you either are on the team or you are sitting on the bleachers and eating Cheerios and watching the other kids playing, uh, not understanding uh, necessarily what it entails to become fit and to have a uh, health for the rest of your life. And I spoke to my wife who said, you know, I never knew that um, I could go to the gym and work out. I never knew how. I knew only that if you wanted to be fit and healthy, you had to be on a team. And if you didn't make a team, then you did not belong to the world of fitness as we know it. Now that knowledge has slightly shifted and changed, and it will take probably a few more generations of education and, and um, access uh, to those things so people can realize that that's something that they should be doing on a daily basis for prevention of disintegration of their bodies. Like you said, uh, Jay, you went to talk to your peers and they probably were scared when you told them you were working out two and a half hours a day, uh, not understanding that that's in some cases a necess necessity to improve your quality of life and your fitness to prevent yourself from um, aging um, in a way that is portrayed in commercials every day when everybody's on the medication, everybody has to go see the doctor. You can prevent those things by participating uh, in fitness programs and it's available everywhere on every corner on every street you just gotta start that's all it takes yeah one, one thing i've noticed is the explosion of crossfit i mean you see these crossfit, crossfit establishments all over ottawa what do you think of crossfit what do i feel uh, what do i think of crossfit it's the style of training that a person can choose for however Many times you will see people who are out of shape, who hasn't been in a, in a workout, uh, you know, gym for quite some time. And now all of a sudden they decide to go and pick CrossFit because it's popular, because it's gained its fame. And for a person like that, it might be simply too much. It might be dangerous. It might be very yeah. difficult to participate. So it has to be done properly. If there is a good instructor in a CrossFit gym, who can take the person from day one and start with the proper assessment of flexibility and ability to move uh, joint uh, range of motion and all these things related to well-balanced uh, performers, then the CrossFit can be very enjoyable and fantastic workout. However, as I said, uh, looking at the statistical data, it is often uh, used as too much, too quick, too fast, and it leads to injuries Oftentimes, injuries that will basically end someone's 
fitness career, if you if you will. So yeah, that that matches very much with what I've been teaching people for the last you know 50 years. So start slow, uh, develop the habit. Uh, don't hurt yourself in the beginning, and yep. uh, then you can learn to uh, enjoy uh, exercise. And I've had good fortune with a number of people. But in your opinion, <clears throat> uh, for somebody getting into an exercise training program, what should be the percentage of their, their fitness time expenditure spent on stretching, weight training, and aerobics like running or cycling? Mm. That is a very good question, Jay, because this is very, very individual based on many different factors like age, um, genetic makeup. Some people are more flexible because they were born that way. Some people have zero flexibility and they, they, they feel like bore, you know. So it is very difficult to tell on, to the broad audience how many minutes or what's the percentage of each training should be based on specific modality. However, this needs to be individualized. I take all my clients through assessments and then I will try to bring them the program that, um, that meets their needs. If someone needs more flexibility, then we will spend majority of the training improving flexibility because without the right flexibility or range of motion in your joints what quality would bring you lifting it will hurt you it would go against your goals it would it would be detrimental to your health potentially so yes i agree that everybody should stretch a little everybody should lose the breath at least two three times a week because it uh, affects our cardiovascular system and our respiratory system. And definitely, as the research shows, everyone should be working in some capacity on improving their strength to prevent muscle mass loss. As we age, we tend to lose muscle mass and strength exercises can enhance that, prevent that, which is the, one of the biggest factors right now uh, in terms of predicting the longevity of a person. Really? Wow. So resistance training actually is influential in your length of life. Yes, 100%. Yes, your muscle mass, your ability to move, your ability to uh, prevent uh, falls, as older people tend to do oftentimes due to lack of strength, due to lack of balance, due to lack of flexibility. It all comes down to strength training. And it doesn't have to be the training that most people would think of in terms of bodybuilding and building bulky biceps. No, it's a strength training that could be simply um, going for a walk and using your body weight against the gravity, which also research shows that three hours of standing up on your feet a day can prevent osteoporosis. And when we take a look at, at most people in the United States, uh, this is a big problem. Osteoporosis, uh -huh. everybody's, you know, um, suffering uh, from this to some extent. It's easy to prevent. Simply do the strength exercise. Be on your feet for three hours. Yeah, that's all. So is this what bone density tests actually determine if you have osteoporosis? Yes. Yes. The osteoporosis is the um, decrease in the bone density. Yes. 
Oh, I see. That's, that's really interesting. And the other issue I see throughout the public is obesity. Like Jay and I have done some special programs specifically on it. It's incredible. Yes. It's probably like 30% of American men are obese. Like it's just unreal. I mean, is this a new trend or has this been the case, say, in 1920, the same as today? Obesity is a very huge problem, not only in the United States, but worldwide. I will tell you a story. Uh, when I left Poland in 99 and I was able to go back home for the first time in 2008. And in those eight years, I could not believe what I saw. It was very, uh, very rare to see obese kid or obese person on the streets of Poland. And within eight years, with the uh, change in the in a system, the Poland opened up, became a part of the European Union and everything good and everything bad <laughs> was immediately available in Poland. And that led to a huge increase of weight gain and obesity among Polish people. Now, this was recent. In US, we had that for many, many decades. And it comes down to many different factors, not just exercise and the food, which is huge and, and main factor. However, we also have to take a look at things like exposure to sunlight, Wi-Fi's, 5G antennas, constant stress. Those are other factors um, in inability to lose weight, for example. If I had clients who lower their caloric intake and they still had very hard time losing weight. And once we address all the other factors, the lifestyle factors, besides just the food and exercise, then people start get, getting results slowly but surely. So yes, uh, it's a huge problem. It costs our nation and the world a lot of money. And it's very, um, it's very swept under the rug by our governments because um, I don't see the benefit for the governments making people healthy. They just give us all the medication. They give us commercials on TV showing us how great their pills are, how their surgeries work for us, the plastic surgeries, everything is artificial, everything is quick fix, but there's no um, campaign, real campaign to fix our health. Mm -hmm. hey, uh, talking about a quick fix, I was sitting on an airplane not long ago and in, uh, in the, the airplane magazine, there was an ad for a machine, believe it or not, it cost $12,000, and yeah. the ad said, you just need to work on it five minutes a day and uh, you'll get in terrific shape. And I actually called the company and I found out the man who made the machines uh, conned enough people into buying it every year to actually make a living. People that had a lot of money and didn't want to put in much time. In, in your opinion, how much time would the average citizen who really wants to be fit uh, need to put in to achieve a, a reasonable goal? Based on my experience, Jay, um, 45 to 60 minutes a day for average person, it is not too much to ask to commit. And it's enough to hit all different factors related to a good training program which includes good warm-up good stretching routine bringing the heart rate up having enough time to do a strength training 
whether or not you can use the uh, you use the weight uh, your own body weight or dumbbells or machines uh, yeah those those things you you mentioned five minutes workout four minutes workout is clearly not enough to to address all the different modalities that should be included in the workout to make the workout beneficial for the person so i would say one hour a day every day um why not find the time curve the time out and enjoy the process slowly but surely as you mentioned with something that's attainable that's something that's enjoyable that's something that's not harmful for the person and then with time <clears throat> you will specialize you will get better you will see results um, and then you will get fit and then hopefully you will be healthy for the rest of your life and how many times a week would you take a day off for just one or any day off yeah <laughs> um i don't see the reason to take a day off for average person we're talking about broad um audience if you are specializing in specific training for um a performance that requires the really high intensity like competing in triathlon or maybe uh, you know getting ready for the mixed martial arts fight then of course you need to uh, implement rest days in the workout but this is we're looking we're talking we are talking about sports we're not talking about recreational well-being uh, fitness oriented programs those do not need to have days off because the intensity of the training does not need to be as high as it is in the sports oh wow well that's good to hear because you know i take one day off a week because i think i should but i don't like that day i don't feel as good i don't feel as happy you know so i'm that's that's really good to hear greg well I, yes I you take never, a, yeah, i'm sorry i've never uh, taken a purposeful day off when i'm not you know competing when i was competing it was a little different so i i agree with you it's just a part of my life but i had a, a thrill just recently uh my son and daughter-in-law were uh ironman triathletes they followed in my wife and i's uh footsteps and they were very good at con competition then they stopped competing uh gained weight and got out of shape and uh my daughter-in-law decided last january one that she'd have a new year's resolution which everybody forgets about and breaks a couple of weeks down the road. And her resolution was that she'd run at least two miles every day uh, for a hundred days. Well, when she got to day a hundred, she couldn't stop running two miles every day, at least or more. And uh, she was visiting with us and she's about uh, to finish the year. Uh, I think she may slow down after that, but, uh, fitness really becomes uh, a habit. And I've found when I've trained uh, people, Greg, that if I can get them do a little bit uh, every day for 21 days, it's very hard not to do it on the 22nd day. And I would emphasize uh, starting slowly. Yes, I agree absolutely with that statement, Jay, because as we were biking together many, many times, we were discussing this. And I remember when you said, all it takes is to get out of your house and then walk one minute out and one minute back. That's yeah. your two minute training program. Next day, doing two <laughs> minutes out and two minutes back. And then next thing you know, you're doing a full triathlon like Jay did, <laughs> right? 
and it doesn't seem very difficult or very overwhelming because it shouldn't. Your, your life should not be difficult and overwhelming and, and uh, distracting, destructive to you. You should be able to participate in a fitness program that is enjoyable, that will leave you wanting more next day. So that's oh. why even if you, if you do 20 minutes of something and it's like I just came back from kayaking on the lake here, you know, it was so enjoyable. We, we got some sunshine. We, we got a nice upper body workout in a kayaks with my wife and my son and my daughter. And guess what? We want to stay here for more and do it again tomorrow because it's enjoyable. And, and that is how you get into a fitness routine. And that's how you create a habit. And yes, yeah, some people will do 21 days. Some people need, will maybe need more. Some people will catch the bug after two workouts and they are going to stick to it for a whole life. The well, key... the, problem, the problem that I find most people run into who start a running program uh, mm-hmm. or a biking program or a weightless program, they, they do too much because they want to kind of feel uh, exhausted or that they've really done something. And yes. then uh, it, it's no longer fun. And the next day they're not, uh, they're stiff and not uh, feeling that great. And that leads them to quit. So some, I've found it's hard to convince people to really, you know, bite off just a little bit at the beginning and add a little bit uh, each day, as you were saying, or, or each week. Uh, people really uh, that, that start more of them than not overdo it. Yes. Yeah, that's 100% true statement. If you overdo it, you're not going to enjoy it next day. You're going to be stiff in pain and you will not have a will, a motivation to go and do it again. You are going to be in pain. So that's why it is so important to, first of all, pick the activity that you like the most and then start easy Mm -hmm. and then go day by day with a little bit of improvement, 1% at a time it will lead to a huge outcome after after a, a month or after a year. You know, you, you just have to do it slow. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to one thing you mentioned. Years ago, I read a book called Health and Light. It was written by Dr. John Ott, and he was talking about the importance of getting sunlight. So I was quite interested to hear when you talked about obesity and the lack of sunlight. This, you're saying that sunlight actually contributes to whether or not you're obese? The latest research shows us very um, tight correlation between lack of the sunlight exposure and obesity due to lack of the mitochondrial activities. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, the blue light and the red light that we get from the sunlight, the UVA, UVB um, rays are the part of our natural being. We, we now stay at home. We stay in artificial light. We barely ever get out of the house or out of the um, artificial light into a sunlight. And that has a huge effect on our body. 10 to 15 minutes of exposure to a sunlight a day, especially the morning light when the sun rises, is the healthiest thing you can do for your body. But Tom, when you take a look, when you take a look at the last few years of uh, what we see in terms of messages uh, from TV and radio, protect yourself from the sun, put the sunscreens, put the uh, eyeglasses, 
get, you know, cover your skin, never, never be in front of the sunlight. That leaves the profound impact on people thinking the sun is very damaging. And yes, it could be if you expose yourself at, at midday, you know, right in, in, let's say, in the south of Florida to a high sun, but it goes all over the world and people even in the places like Ohio or in Michigan, they, they, they think the sun will be damaging to them. I have clients, and I tell you this, who lives in New Jersey who never gets outside. She lives in a high-rise building, then she goes to the bottom, to the um, garage, drives the car to the office, goes back to the office, then comes back from the office, back to a high-rise building, never gets outside. Mm-hmm. And has a very, very difficult time losing weight. So I told her, open the windows if you can in the morning. Take a look at the sun for a few minutes, for 10, 15 minutes. And she, since she started doing this, her weight loss become much, much easier. She started losing pounds. She started losing weight. She started feeling much better. She started feeling like she was getting more energy. So there is a huge correlation between sunlight or uh, lack of the exposure to sunlight and obesity. Yes. Wow. Well, doesn't vitamin D play a role there too? Uh, I mean, I found that yeah, a, 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 people that don't have enough vitamin D, it seems to be involved in a wide range of inflictions and uh, uh, sicknesses, not enough vitamin D. So they're automatically getting some vitamin D from the sunshine as well. Absolutely. Vitamin D is one of the crucial, it's not even a vitamin, it's actually a hormone that is called a vitamin D, who play a huge role in many different chemical reactions in the body. Yeah, this is a good place uh, to uh, take a break for uh, a commercial. And when we get back, uh, I want to talk about uh, injuries that people might be subjected to in uh, a new fitness program and see what you can tell our audience they should avoid to uh, avoid Mm -hmm. injuries in starting a new exercise program. Yeah, I was just going to finish my thought about the vitamin D. Um, Yeah, that lack of of sun exposure um, causes the decrease in production of vitamin D and in the lieu of events that we had in 2019 and 2020, the lack of vitamin D makes people very sensitive to illnesses related to uh, viruses that we are now experiencing. Huh, wow. Well, we'll get back into that right after the break. I'm excited to talk about a new product from Healthy Cell, AC11. This is a patented bioactive extract of Uncaria tomentosa from the Amazon rainforest. It supports cell DNA repair and health span. It's a dietary supplement. I'm excited to try it. Many are interested in longevity and attenuation of senescence. We know that telomere length and other uh, biologic measures are related to senescence in uh, 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 clinical and uh, preclinical studies, particularly of animal models. And I can tell you as a doctor, dietary supplements do hold the promise of attenuating repair and damage in our body due to stress, physical wear and tear, sunlight, etc. 
and there's a tremendous opportunity for supplements to help us in this area. And so Healthy Cell has brought a product to market for you to try as part of your health portfolio. So please go to HealthyCell.com and in the promotional code, list out loud for 20% off your first purchase of products from Healthy Cell. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Greg, I know people who hesitate in starting a fitness program because they have friends or know people who have uh, got injuries from whatever they're, from weightlifting, particularly running to their, their feet, their calves, maybe stretching too much and, and pulling a muscle. So I've run into many people that are worried about bad things that can happen with an exercise program. Uh, what words of wisdom do you have uh, to tell our audience in that regard? Jay, I agree with you um, 100%. I witnessed a lot of uh, different injuries throughout my career as a, as a martial artist and as a trainer. I've seen people dropping dumbbells on their collarbones. I've seen people breaking their Achilles tendons while doing box jumps. Those things can happen. Um, they do happen, but they can be prevented by educating yourself at the beginning before you start any fitness program. And this is where people like me come to play. It is very wise to hire qualified, experienced personal trainer or healthcare practitioner, someone who has a track record of safety, fun, and great benefits to their clients to learn from. Because if you think you know, you might be just lucky to go through a couple of different workout sessions. And at some point, sooner or later, you can injure yourself and it could be just pulled muscle, which will go away in a few days, or it could be the compression of the spinal disc, which might require back surgery. So you are dealing here with your own body, which is the most complicated thing ever created in the history of universe <laughs> and yeah. it has a lot of different systems and it has a lot of different things that can be broken easily so it is very wise to hire someone to guide you to hire the coach coach who is knowledgeable who is experienced who can help you to learn the right way and what i mean by that good coach is not supposed to show you how he or she perceive the exercise but good coach should teach you how you should perceive the exercises how you should connect your mind with your muscles and how you should learn 
how to feel your body because your body will talk to you. Your body will tell you everything if you just learn how to listen to it. So mm -hmm. yes, injuries happen, but they can be prevented in a high percentage by learning and educating yourself properly. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons that some people don't get help in things like psychology, for example, is because it's so expensive. How, how much do you charge and how do people get involved with your programs? It is expensive. Uh, and it also there's a stigma of I don't want to be coached because I think I know something. But even if you invest in a week of training or a month of training, Think about the cost that could be associated with the back surgery if you hurt yourself. So, right. for example, I have an online training program when I teach people how to exercise on a daily basis. It costs just $100 per month. General fitness and well-being program. Now, if someone needs specific training with me, I charge them between $60 and $75, depending on whether they come to see me or I have to come to see them. But... Like you said, that $100 that you would invest into a session with the psychologist or psychiatrist or maybe even a personal trainer could be a difference between having the rest of your life in peace, in unity and in safety or jumping off the bridge because someone didn't tell you that you could feel that way or you could do, uh -huh. do something that way or injuring your back and being paralyzed for the rest of your life so it is expensive but it's investment in your own future in your own life in your own body so it's worth every penny if you hire the right coach and, and you know one of the things that you see with a lot of people is they get into a regular training program and they gain muscle strength and endurance but then they get to a plateau and they can train for years and never improve you know i'm finding the same thing for example when i do push-ups I get to a certain level and then I don't improve anymore. And it's kind of discouraging. So yes, definitely getting training assistance is, is very important or it can be, you know, you just quit because it doesn't progress. Correct. Absolutely. So yes, there are ways to overcome the plateau, changing the training modalities, changing time in, you know, time under tension. There's many, many different things you can change to overcome the plateau and qualified coach could help you with that as well. Because as, Greg, as you I'm said, a, it can be... Greg, I'm a great proponent of, uh, of weightlifting, but very light weightlifting for anybody. I've talked people into buying a set of two pound weights, four, five, eight, 10, uh, 12 being the, the maximum and start doing uh, exercises with them. And, leave them around the living room so you could, you know, lift a little weight with no injury and yeah. essentially lightweights because the average person really does no weightlifting of any kind that keeps their uh, muscles active. How do you feel about a beginning weight training program? Jay, you are 100% right here. The weights do not have to be heavy. When you take a look at the sportsmen all over the world, who do you think is the strongest person among all the athletes? In my opinion, gymnasts. They can mm -hmm. do incredible things with their bodies and they don't have to use any weights in their training. They use their own bodies as the resistance. We have enough force of gravity to pull us down to create resistance, doing exercises 
that will require nothing but your own body. But then there are specific exercises you can use for different muscle groups that can really benefit you. And as you said, they do not have to be very heavy because you can apply the proper angling, the proper connection between your mind and your muscles. And even five pound dumbbell can leave you exhausted at the end of the workout, as you, Jay, know, because you've came to me and you've, you've said, I can believe I can be, I can be feeling this muscle group doing, you know, working with such a light weight. It's, it's all about leverage. It's all about proper positioning. And you do not have to overwhelm your joints, which is important thing in any training program to build muscle. So I agree with you. You do not have to lift very heavy to make improvements in your quality of your muscles, in your bone density, and uh, in improvement of your longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I think is kind of fun is when you go for a run, you stop partway around, do push-ups, and then you run a little bit more, and then you do some chin-ups, and then you run a bit more. So what do they call that when you're mixing it up? And do you think that's a good thing to do? Yeah, absolutely. This is called a cross-training. So there are different type of specific uh, trainings like endurance training or strength training or flexibility training, but why not to mix it up for the overall well-being and ability? You know, a lot of times that I train people, I have to teach them how to squat. It seems to be very simple thing, but a lot of people having a hard time to squat due to mm -hmm. the fact that they spend most of their life sitting on the comfortable chair, on the ergonomic chairs that do not teach them how to use their own muscles who also make their range of motion and their flexibility diminish because of the structure that is provided to them and then i have to teach you know 45 year old 50 year old how to squat and then it takes some time and that's you know that's both resistance training flexibility training and cardio if you do 20 squats you will feel like you just did a little bit of running right and then you also feel your muscles burning in your quads, in your glutes. So, um, so yes, I am very big proponent of cross training. Every time I go on a bike ride, I find bars uh, that I could use for pull-ups, and I stop to do some push-ups. And absolutely, this is this is mm -hmm. very healthy to do. My favorite exercise aerobically is a stationary bike. When the weather's good, I bike outdoors uh, almost every day, but. Uh, in the winter or bad weather, I'm on a stationary bike. And uh, I'll just tell you a funny story about uh, Christmas. My wife's Christmas present to me this year was letting me move my stationary bike from our basement gym into our living room upstairs. So I don't <laughs> ever have to, so I don't ever have to uh, sit on a couch and watch a TV show again. And I consider that a fabulous uh, present. Yes, this is fantastic, Jay. <laughs> Your wife is amazing athlete and <laughs> she will do anything to, to keep you engaged, which is exactly what helps if you have a partner like this in your life. When you could work out together, then you will have someone to always inspire you, motivate you and go with you, uh, which is much easier to do and more, even more enjoyable than working out by yourself. But getting to Jay... A statement about bicycle. Yes, I think bicycle is the most enjoyable and the joint-friendly form of cardiovascular training combined with swimming. A lot of people don't know how to swim, but I think that's a skill that everybody should know. And swimming is another of those great ways to stay in shape, to, to do your cardio. It's easy on the joint. 
and it gives you enough resistance to to build muscle mass. The the water is 80 times more dense than air. So think about walking through the air and swimming through the water. It's 80 times more uh, dense. So it will be quite a workout. So I always tell people, if you have a chance, go, go swim. If you have a chance, go get the bike. Another thing is that when you are on the bike versus walking, for example, you get to see more things. You, you get to go a little further than if you were walking. But there's also another very big benefit here. When you are on the bicycle, as Jay mentioned, outside and riding, you have to work on your balance. And every time you work on your balance, your mechanoreceptors are activated, which also increases your heart rate immediately. So there's, mm-hmm. without any extra additional means of, of doing anything specific, you automatically get higher benefits of riding the bike outside versus, for example, riding the bike that's stationary. Now, now, what is it that actually psychologically makes you feel so much better when you've done a workout? Besides the fact that you're actually feeling a sense of accomplishment, there's something chemical that's going on that actually helps you feel a lot better and happier. Like, is what's going on there? Tom, it's a release of endorphins. I always tell my clients that nothing relaxes me more than total exhaustion after the workout. <laughs> because, because you've accomplished something, because you get to breathe which is also quite important part of fitness and well-being because you get to see something because you get that me time that gets you away from the news from your work from your problems maybe a a water in your basement it gives you a time to disconnect from mental stress you have to realize that training is mental but also environmental and it is also very good for, for you to disconnect from everything and give yourself that 30 minutes or an hour or hour and a half, whichever you choose. So for yourself, that's what, that's what brings you back to you. It centers you, it relaxes you, it gives you endorphins, which is you know the, the hormone of happiness. And it gives you the feeling that you've accomplished something, that you did something good to yourself. And here's the point. If you love yourself and you give something good to yourself, then you are going to give to the others. So you give what you get. And if you get the good workout, if you get loved, if you feel loved because you're doing something for yourself, you're going to spread that love to everything and everybody around you. Well, Greg, I want to add something to that. Uh, The average person, and you've heard it a hundred times, who comes home from a hard day's work says, I'm just too tired to exercise. And I try to explain just what you were talking about. Uh, Doing exercise at the end of the day, if that's the only time for it, uh, doesn't sap your energy. It gives your energy back. It gets the endorphins working and people will experience it just uh, what you have described. But it's a hard thing to do. People come in after a hard day's work, plop down in a soft chair, tired and uh, cannot motivate themselves to get up and do some short exercise. And every time when I succeed in talking people into doing that, they admit instead of making them more tired, it made them less tired. Yes, Jay, I cannot tell you how many times I was in that situation that I would come back home from the hard work you know, and I would say, okay, I still need to go do my workout, but I don't feel like going. I don't need, like, I need to go and do another 
hard workout. So I said to myself, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to drive to the gym and just going to get on the stationary bike and go for 15 minutes just to tell myself that I did it, right? And funny thing is that once you drive to the gym and once you get there, there's little nothing else you can do. You need to work out. You're there. So that 15 minutes eventually can turn into the best workout of the week because after 15 minutes, you disconnected from your work, you disconnected from your stress, you disconnected from your deadlines and your assignments and your constant notifications on your phone. And then you, after 15 minutes, realize, oh, I actually feel good today. I got my energy back. Well, why mm-hmm. not to push a little harder? And then you end up having a really good workout on that day when you thought that it was almost impossible for you to get there. So that, you know, 90% of the success is to get there, to start, mm-hmm. just do something. And then it may turn into a really good workout <laughs> that day. Yeah, it, it strikes me that, you know, if the government was really serious about people surviving COVID and, and being healthy during this period, they should be really promoting exercise. I mean, surely this is one of the ways to get out of the doom and gloom sort of ad- attitude that so many people have when they look at the news is to have a proper exercise routine and do it for fun. Yes, the, there's so much research that right now that you can find that unfortunately is not being promoted by our government proving that many, many remedies that we're looking for, for many different issues like COVID, like anxiety, like depression, decreased immune system, all can be improved, not to say fixed, but can be greatly improved by daily routine, whether Mm -hmm. it is the workout or work in, because I have to mention to you and the audience that there is also such a thing as working in. Working out is when you go and lift weights and do cardio and you burn the energy and you expand the energy. But you can also apply something that I often train with my with my clients and it is called working in. This is when you can literally just do 10 minutes of meditation. This is when you can do a breath work. This is when you can go and hop in a cold shower that will activate your vagus nerve, which has tremendous impact on your entire health. You know, yeah. so you can do things like that. It doesn't necessarily always mean you have to go and lift weights. You can have a day, which Tom, you can call it now a rest day, when you can jump into the ice bath and it will teach you how to breathe deeply, which has benefits of increasing your oxygen oxygen level and you're decreasing your pH level in your body. So there mm-hmm. are technical aspects of training and we can we can apply all of this and call it a workout, but it's a working out there's also working in and as you mentioned with the compromised immunity right now which can lead to very very big sensitivity to viruses and other diseases workout and proper diet is very very (laughs) inexpensive and very beneficial powerful medicine Mm -hmm, for sure in your writings greg you talk about involving other people or someone else in your exercise and uh, fitness program. In the article that Tom and I wrote, is appearing now at americaoutloud.com, we both gave examples of things that we did by involving other people or just you know telling people we were going to do this and tell so many people that 
we had to go do it or lose faith. What, uh, what are the kind of things you mean when you talk about involving others? Well, Jay, we are all psychologically terrified of failure. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yes. So if we go and tell our neighbors, our friends, or now our 6,000 on average Facebook friends that we are going to accomplish this by this date, or we are going to start this or that, this automatically creates a huge accountability tool for ourselves because these people heard about it and now they are wondering, hmm, I wonder when are you going to fail? And to prove them wrong, you are actually going to get on a, on a schedule and accomplish every single planned session to, to prove them wrong, which in return gives you the benefits you're looking for. You did not fail because we are all terrified of failure. So that's one way to look at this, which is very powerful psychological motivator. And I use that technique with many of my clients, asking them to pause the video of themselves at the beginning of the training program on Facebook or, or other social media to tell everyone that, hey, listen, I'm about to start this program with Greg and I am set out to lose 15 pounds in six weeks. And I want you to check on me and look at my progress because I need your help. There you go. Uh -huh. This one little sentence is very powerful motivator. On the other hand, when you are doing something with the group, there is the psychology of the crowd. There is, you do what crowd do. And everybody, if everybody's on the same page and working towards common goal, then you are going to be part of this because it's bigger than you and yourself. Having a group training practice, having other people involved in your own training, not only they're going to keep you motivated and going, but they will be a part of your common goal that you together as a community going to accomplish, which feels really, really good. And besides them, besides that, you will create new friendships, you, you have camaraderie, and there's always a little aspect of competition, which is very healthy because that competition is a driving force in your training program oftentimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, we understand that you train people in person on Zoom all over the world. How does that work exactly? Because uh, of the COVID restrictions, I had to close down my little personal training studio and I had to switch to a Zoom um, platform. So it works in the exact same way as if someone was coming and seeing me in person. You know, we have now the technology that allows us to see each other in real time. So I would have a person on the other side of the globe connected through the Zoom and I could give them the instructions. They can be at home training uh, with very few uh, pieces of equipment. Uh, as we were talking about this earlier, it's not so much about how many machines you should be using, but how many machines you have on your own body. <laughs> 600 plus muscles, 200 plus uh, bones. That's plenty of machines to work with, right? Uh, yeah. And using the technology, you know, getting the instant feedback from the customer, I am able to provide good quality practice for them. I am able to see them. I am able to correct them. I am able to apply different techniques and different methods to their training. So it doesn't really differ much, except that we are not in the same room. We are on the other mm -hmm. side of the screens. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. 
Yeah, so you can actually see them do a particular exercise and then you can tell them, nah, put your hand over here or, you know, don't flex quite so far. So yes. you can actually train as if you were right there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there are some techniques that require maybe manual work, uh, but those would be with clients who need physical therapy or specific muscle releasing techniques, which I cannot do, obviously, <laughs> over the internet. Yeah. But a lot of the stuff, a lot of the techniques and, and exercises can be easily applied using the, the platform, uh, the Zoom, yes. Yeah, and this would be for any age, I presume. Yes, uh, you'll be surprised that majority of my clients right now are age 40, 45 plus. Those are the people who now have little different priorities in their training program. They're looking for decreasing the back pain, neck pain. They're looking into... Uh, things like well-being and longevity. It is difficult, a little bit more difficult to train younger athletes through Zoom because they younger people usually focus on the outcomes, on the performance, on participating in sports. Uh, it can be done, but it's a little bit tricky. But most of my clients are 45 and plus who do not need to be in sports per se. They want to be in a sports of life, as I call it. And so they can enjoy every day like Jay can split the wood and bring all the wood back to the house. And this is his workout. And he's, he needs to be flexible and strong enough to be able to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I come in play and I advise him or clients like him what to do so they cannot hurt them, harm themselves and hurt those, themselves uh, <laughs> during the exercise or doing the activity outside the exercise. Yeah, exactly. I hate to be a party pooper. That was a great hour. I'd like to keep going, but we are coming to the end. So this is Dr. Jay Lair and Tom Harris with our guest, Greg Jasnikowski, signing out from the other side of the story. Music.